Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. All right, so right when you think you know the NFL, something happens. Just when you think maybe you've got the AFC figured out, for instance, and that it is the Titans who are actually the team to beat. Then they go out and they lose to the Texans. Hell yes, I said it. The 8-2 and two Titans, one of the alleged locks of the week, go out and lose to the freaking Texans. Yeah, I know. Some of you will come in here slinging your bull crap about how you knew that they were never as good as their record said they were at 8-2. and two. That you knew that they were a pretender more than a contender. That they would get exposed. That they would get their comeuppance. And that you knew that. Actually, no, you didn't. You didn't know that. You know how I know that you didn't know that? Because this season, no one knows anything about the NFL. It's that insane around the NFL right now. Because the truth is, they actually were as good as their record said they were. Not only were they 8-2, and two, they were 7-0 and oh against teams who made the playoffs last year. They were good. Good enough and tough enough then not only did they not implode and melt down when Derrick Henry went down, they looked like they might not even miss him. They hammered the Rams. They beat the Saints. Then again, those two teams may not be who we thought they were because nothing is as it appears in the NFL this season because in walks the one-win Texans to deal with the AFC's alleged best. And what happens? The Titans promptly fall behind 19-0 to a team that had lost eight straight. How the hell does that work? Which is why nobody knows anything about the NFL right now. Not even the ones who are supposed to know something about the NFL right now. Nobody knows jack about the NFL right now. Especially our very own big head, James Kelly. It was big head who threw down his Friday picks on big head bets and promptly went one in four. It's a good thing that I cautioned you during that segment that you got to understand, if you're at 500, you're doing pretty well. If you're better, if you're at 55%, you're doing really well. If you're at 60%, you're damn near a pro. Good thing I hit you with that prior to him going one in four. However, at least he's owning it. At least the big head is owning it and handling it like a man. That's right. Sure he's not. I'll tell you what. I got a problem with people who do not own their decisions, who do not own their choices, who do not own their actions, who do not own their entire lives, and are always blaming somebody else for something they did. That's the big head this morning after going one and four. I'm telling you this, dude. Not only is his head enormous, he's got an excuse for everything. It's like, oh, yeah, Lamar. Lamar was out. Oh, oh. One overturned INT, and I'm three and two. Right, head? Right. And like I said last week, if the queen had a package, she'd be the king. In fact, brah, quick question. Do you ever own anything? Anything. This guy literally tried to tell me, yeah, hey, uh, boss, yeah, the thing is, I'm burning it at both ends. Uh, I'm actually overworked. Burning. You're burning it at both ends, head. Burning. You're overworked, head. Dude, you work 15 minutes a week. How the hell can you blame it on being overworked? 15 minutes a week. I went to New York and back this weekend. I was in New York for like a total of 15 hours. You work 15 minutes a week. I even had a voice crack on that head. 15 minutes a week, brah. Come on, man. Save it. Save it, head. Or better yet, own it, head. Come on, dude. Yeah, I'm overworked. Yeah, you're not. Back to the Titans. Even as crazy as the Shield is this season, man, this is a hard one to wrap my head around. They were 8-2. They had overcome a ton of adversity, and they go out and they get rocked by a team who, frankly, probably doesn't even give a damn if they do win or lose. If anything, they're probably, they'd probably rather lose because that way their biggest goal is still their biggest goal, getting the number one pick. Freaking Titans.
freaking Titans, 7-0 against playoff teams, and 0-1 against the bleeping Texans because that makes so much sense. One last thought on that. How bad were the Texans? They averaged just over 7.5 points a game on the road. Name me a worse offense than that. Like, ever. Ryan Tannehill went from a guy who was actually getting some MVP run going into that game to a dude who threw four picks to the Texans. There was a conversation on the NFL today when I was there yesterday about who was more valuable to the Titans, Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill. And it was a legitimate question. It was, or at least it was, until Ryan Tannehill looked like Matt Schaub going against Matt Schaub's old team. Except, I don't want to say that it's only the Titans or all on the Titans. The Titans were not the only ones who crapped the bed yesterday. The Indianapolis Colts were so damn good, they're going to get their own take. Which means, Bill's Mafia, I hate to say it, but you know your dudes are going to be a part of that take. One thing to lose, quite another to get hammered like that. I never thought that this Bills team would ever be on the other side of a nice, swift ass-kicking like that. swift ass-kicking. It's Pat Tillman, RIP. Yeah, but they were. They were on the other side of a nice, swift ass-kicking like that. Never thought that I would see that. Hey, how about the 49ers? How about the 49ers swallowing up nearly the entire first quarter with their opening drive against Jacksonville? 13 minutes and 5 seconds. Man, what that must have been like for Herb to watch that. Man, that had to have been, I don't know, what's the word? Devastating. What's another word? Heartbreaking. That's devastating. Heartbreaking. Man, Buddy must have needed a night out after that. Buddy! Was Buddy on the first thing burning out of J-Bill? Burning. To go tear it up and see bus again after that happened? Did he get off the jet rocking his Buckeye pullover and head straight to the bar that he owns? Because I would not have blamed Buddy if he did. Because the Niners were a team on a short week coming all the way across the country and they punched you in the face all damn day. And wasn't Buddy... The guy who made the most absurd statement in league history when he said that he wanted an offense that could go 250-250 every Sunday. 250 yards rushing, 250 yards passing. Man, that statement looks more and more idiotic, doesn't it? By the hour. Good take, buddy. Especially since your offense accounted for 200 total yards yesterday, which is tied for the fifth worst performance in franchise history. Given that Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect in a generation and that Buddy is allegedly an offensive genius, it's kind of jarring to see Lawrence struggling the way he is. Buddy's not developing his young quarterback. If anything, Lawrence is getting worse, not better. Of course, Buddy, who has never owned anything, was not about to start owning anything right now. You get your ass kicked, and there's going to be a day we don't get our ass kicked here. That's coming. And I uh, know that guy's going to be part of it, that six-foot whatever he is quarterback. Yeah, I'm not sure you'll be there, though, buddy, when it happens. I mean, maybe that thing will turn, and maybe you won't be getting your ass kicked, or they won't be getting their asses kicked. But I'll tell you what, I'm not sure you're going to be there. In fact, I can pretty much guarantee you won't be there. And how about the Minnesota Vikings? How about the Vikes getting up by double digits on the best team in the division, blowing that lead, coming back to take the lead again, and blowing it again? The most Vikings thing ever. How many times have we seen that movie? How many times have we seen that team pull that crap? Like almost every team time. Remember, this is the only team in the league to hold a lead of at least seven points in every single game this year, and yet they're still for five and five. So clearly, they were going to find a way to lose a close game because that's pretty much what they do. It's kind of who they are or were because somehow, some way, Minnesota pulled this one right out their backside and they stunned the Packers who let a golden opportunity slip. 
Snap. Spot. Joseph. Yes, he did. He walked off on the Green Bay Packers, who have lost their first division road game in three years. The final score, Minnesota 34, Green Bay 31. Didn't see that coming. Not when they blew another lead, and Green Bay needed that. Vikes needed that. So that's a big win and a tough loss. So, like, you don't know what to expect, right? These are such tumultuous times in and around the league. Such turbulent times. Where do you turn for some stability? Where do you turn for something that you can rely on? I'll tell you where. Chicago. Chicago, of course. If you feel like everything is out of control and spinning crazy, just check out the Chicago Bears. Same as they ever were. Check out the Chicago Bears where everything still sucks. Check out Matt Nagy, who inevitably will say or do something dumb or both every single Sunday. And no, I'm not talking about his headset going out at the worst time. I'm talking about their entire act yesterday. They're three and seven. They've lost five in a row. They're awful. But damn, it feels good to be talking about the Bears once again. And they earned it because yesterday's loss was the most Bears loss in a long, long time. Four starters. They were playing against Lamar Jackson's backup. Jackson could not go. So Tyler Huntley got the start. Then the Bears lose Justin Fields to a rib injury in the third quarter. Hey, but don't sweat that. They still have Andy Dalton. Dalton for moments just like this. And all Dalton does is come off the bench and create some red rifle magic. Ravens bring in the house. Pressure comes. Hit as he throws. Down the field. He's got Goodwin over the shoulder. 10-5. Touchdown, Bears. But there's a penalty marker. Now, Dalton did get hit. The suspense is killing. Roughing the passer. Defense number 99. He's over the play. as a touchdown. Adafi Owe. Touchdown, Bears. Andrew, Gregory, Dalton, legend. My man, fourth and 11 for a three-win team. And the Red Rifle dials up that bomb. What an absolute ginger stud. Come in, drop that dime, win the game for the Bears. After all, they're up four with less than two minutes left against an inexperienced QB and a team that has not scored a TD all day. What could possibly go wrong? What could go wrong? There was going to be an amazing Bears moment. What could go wrong? Only this on third and 12 with 33 seconds left. Pressure's coming. Graham is providing it. The pass is caught by Watkins at the four-yard line. What a play by Huntley. Oh! That is an undrafted QB hitting you for that. That's a guy who did not know he was even starting until he got a text from Lamar as he was walking to the team bus. And he just did you that or did you like that? Of course the Ravens punched it in. And of course they won that game because they're the Ravens and the other team is the Bears and the Ravens will find a way to win and the Bears will find a way to lose. That's what they do. And speaking of guys finding ways to lose, I'm going to get to that big fella on the sideline for the Cowboys a little bit later on. Clones, what do we do when we're craving protein or we need more energy? Let me answer that by telling you what we don't do. We don't reach for a bar or a sugary snack or an energy drink. No, we want beef, pure and simple. So where is the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your old man's jerky shriveled, dry, tasteless. Nope. Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender, it's tasty, it's not tough. And why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. They take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein, and it comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, anywhere at all. Old Trapper is in a clear view bag, so you can see the quality you're buying. So look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, Ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? 
Darius Slay joins me once again. Darius, it is so good to have you back, man. How are you? I'm doing good. How you doing? Dude, it's been a minute or two since you and I have spoken. Man, how's your life right about now? Man, it's pretty good, man. Just living, um, you know, playing ball. It's just been chilling for the most part. Good. Glad to hear it. All right, let's talk about you playing ball. I want to talk to you about a lot of things, but we've got to start with that fumble return against Denver on Sunday. You had a seven-point lead in the third quarter. Denver's going for it fourth and one. Can you take me through the play? What did you see? Well, uh, actually, what I saw is just the fact that, you know, I felt like we got to stop on the fourth down. So I was holding my hand up, like I was saying, oh, yeah, we got to stop. But then I saw the ball pop out and uh, shoot, right, you know, did what I do, man, practice what I do in practice a lot, scoop and score. And, um, you know, so I just scoop the ball up, man, trying to find a way to make a play, and, uh, and I made one. Darius Slay joining us. You certainly did. So you get your hands on the ball, and you bobble it for a minute, and then you take mm-hmm. off. You had said, quote, they had nothing but fat guys out there. They ain't catching me, end of quote. What's going through your head on the run itself? Oh, yeah, like I was saying, you know, uh, knowing the personnel that was out there, it was 13 personnel, so. Uh, it's not too many guys on that field can catch me on 13 personnel. So, uh, shoot. So I got out like, man, I wasn't gonna fall on it. So, uh, you know, like, like I was kind of like, they bobbled it the first time. They'll probably like, you know, drop it. You know what I mean? I'll, like, drop on the ball, get on the ball, not me. So, uh, so I like, man, I'm gonna keep trying to pick this thing up until I can uh, get it secured and I can go score. <laughs> Darius Slade joining us. I know you're not concerned about it, but the fact is the official distance in the scorebook was 83 yards on the return, but in reality, you covered nearly 130 yards. You did so at altitude. Not that they were going to run you down, but what would that have done to your rep if one of those fat guys did catch you? Oh, man, that probably did me bad. My guys wouldn't let me uh, hit the last bat, but uh, uh, I kind of figured that wasn't going to happen anyway, so... (laughs) I won't be worried about that. <laughs> Darius Slade joining us. I knew it. Listen, you mentioned like I could fall on the ball, but I didn't. Nick Sirianni says there are two types of fumbles, city fumbles and country fumbles. For those who don't know, what is the difference between those two? Yeah, uh, uh, city fumble is something like uh, with a lot of, like as in, as they use it. It's like you being in a, in a city with a lot of buildings, you know, so, you know, you want to get on those, but uh uh, country fumble, man. You got time to scoop and score, so uh, ain't nobody too many people out there. So you like you play, you know, you can scoop it, you know, and pick it up and go run with it. Darius Slay joining us. Appreciate that. All right. So back in week eight, you had another scoop and score, but that time it happened in Detroit. First off, mm-hmm. what was it like to be back in the D again? And then how good did it feel to score on that return? It felt good, man. Be back in uh, Detroit, man. Uh, got a lot of love. Got a lot of respect. Did, I did a lot for that community down there, and that t- and uh, you know. And, in the state of Michigan. So uh, I got a lot of love. I had a great time going out there um, and, and playing again. Once again, it, was, it kind of felt funny being on uh, the other side of the field. But, uh, you know, Detroit showed a lot of love. Man, when I came into the building, they, uh, you know, gave me a little standing ovation. Uh, so there's a lot of love there, man. I got still got still a place in my heart, and I was always love Detroit. That's nice. Darius Slade joining us. What about Philadelphia? Have you got a real sense yet of what that town and that community is like, or has it been mostly all football? Like, what's the Philadelphia experience been like? It's been good, man. You know, it'd be just, you know, hey, it's a different level of fans here. So uh, they, they they really love football here, man. And, um, you know, and you got to like it, though, man. You like the challenge they uh, they put you up against. And, uh, you know, they want, they want you to bring your best every week. So no matter how good you play the week before, they want you to be that same person every week. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of person I want to be a, myself as a player. I want to be just as good as I was last week or even better. So, uh you know, so uh, it'd be fun. I'd be having a great time, man. I just love the ball, man. I love the team. I love the energy. I love what the fans bring to us. So, um, you know, I'm just enjoying it. Good. Darius Slay joining us. Let me ask you this. I'm not sure if it's fair or not, but Devontae Smith said, watching you run with the ball, quote, he runs like a bad kid when the ball is or nothing. End of quote that. Does he have a point not understand what you're doing? You know, like a bad kid. I ain't trying to get caught, you know. Uh, shoot, I used to get whippings a lot, man. So uh, my mama said, you know, she got to catch me first to whip me. So uh, I make it hard for her. So oh, I'm going to make it hard for, uh, for my te- uh, the other team to catch me too. <laughs> that is too much. All right, so the two of you work with each other in practice. What are those battles like? Who gets the best of whom consistently? Oh, man, we know it'd be – we'd be just getting each other better, man. You know, we, we compete every day. You know, I don't really sit here and say I keep count, but I know I'm winning for sure. <laughs> All right, so you know what's but, funny? Uh, it, go ahead. Finish that thought. Yeah, he said, I know I'll be winning for sure, man. But he, he he's great, man. He's a great kid, man. Work hard, willing to do whatever he needs to do to, uh, to help get better. 
he helped me get better in a lot of ways, man. You know, it was one for him and the other young guys, man. Uh, that helped me just improve my game as well. So them guys, you know, them young guys teaching a lot too as well. Gary Slade joins me for a few more moments. I've seen you guys switch up, and I've seen you beat him off the line when he tries to lock you up in coverage. How do the reverse battles go? What are those like? It was good, man. It was good to see it, man. Uh, like I, I, I was told him, I said, Smitty, man, he pretty, he could play both sides of the ball. I really think so. He really put his mind to it. Uh, good feet, good awareness, man. He played safety in college. I mean, not in college, but in high school. So it's kind of smooth to him. But uh, it was fun, man. We were just playing around, you know, just – it just us really truly bonded with each other, man. Getting to know each other, man. Everybody thinks Smitty quiet, but he's a quiet guy. But man, he's a he's a cool dude, man. He's a real down to earth kid, man. I just like to have fun and he really just enjoys the game. That's high praise, Darius Slade joining us. Now listen, among cornerbacks with at least 350 snaps and cover the third best coverage grade, accolades off the very top. Do you feel like you might be playing some of the best football of your entire career right now? Yeah, I'm playing. I'm, you know, I'm playing. I'm playing. I think I'm playing at a very, very high level right now, man. Being very, very consistent. That's what's really making me play at a high level. Is that I've been consistent week in and week out. You know, traveling with some of the best receivers. You know, holding to the to hold them to yards. Uh, doing my job, man, and executing. And um, that's what I've been doing right now, man. Being very, very consistent. And I'm. Um, I think I should. Be, I'm continuing to keep trying to, you know, be the most consistent player in this league. What I can do to help this team win, man. Because uh, like I said, I like to win. You know, and I've got a great team to do a lot of great teams. I want to be one of, or if not the most consistent player in the league. Do you feel like now you're getting the respect you deserve as an elite cornerback or maybe still not so? Uh, I'll be getting it, you know. So I've been getting it for the past, you know, uh, throughout the last four years. I've been in three Port Bowls, the last out of the four. So I got a lot of respect already. But, you know, uh, as me, uh, shoot, I've been I've – been, I've been consistent like this for a long time, man. A long, long time. I should have probably had way more than just three four balls I got, but uh, uh, you know, I'm appreciative. Uh, you know, I thank the man above for you know getting me in there, uh, getting selected. But uh, yeah, I've been I've been this consistent for a long time, man. I've been doing this for a long time, nine years in, and uh, all the thing I'm doing is getting better every year. And um, you know, all I gotta do is continue to keep preparing myself, and you know, believing in myself, believing in the coaches, what they tell me, and. Uh, and keep executing. You know, and I have great teammates, man. They help me build my my game up too, man. My teammates do a lot to help me uh, put me in a lot of positions to make the plays I'll be making. Darius Slay, my guest, really quickly, you mentioned the Pro Bowl. So you were named the NFC Defensive Player of the Week after that win in Denver. What would it mean to be named to the Pro Bowl again this year? That'd be great, man. Be one, you know, as one of my first for the, as an Eagle. Uh, as, you know, so I'd be, you know, I'd be a blessing for me for sure. And his organization, man, because you know they brought me over here to do great things, and uh, which I am doing. But I always, like I said, I always do more. And you know, so but uh, uh, like I said, it'd be a blessing. You know, uh, it's, that's one of the great achievements to have as a uh, you know as an NFL player. You know, guys have been looking forward to doing that a lot. You know, so uh, you know, thankfully I already got three of them. But you know, I would love to have one for Philly. Hey, Darius, something I, I always liked about you and respect about you is the approach that you take when it comes to respecting and hyping other DBs and to make sure right. that people pay attention to them. Who are some of the other guys around the league whose games you admire and the way they, they approach their uh, business? Uh, man, I admire Marshawn Lattimore game, man. Uh, him, uh, Denzel Ward, Jalen Ramsey, Xavier Howard, um, uh, Stephon Gilmore. Young Diggs right now, man, he's playing at a high level. I've always been watching his game since college. Uh, Trey White, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of, a lot of ball, man, I, and I like a lot of corners, man, because it's a tough game. And I, I like to watch the corners that kind of have the same mindset and do the same type of things I do. And um, those are some of the guys that do the you know, same kind of kind of stuff I do as a man, corners and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, like, I, I like them kind of guys. Like I like that. that. Guys. I like that a lot. Yeah. All right, so finally, the team's won two of its last three. You're in second place in the division. Does it feel like a team that has a chance to make a run into the postseason? Yeah, yeah, man, we got a lot, man. We just got to keep executing, man. What we got doing, our main focus is being consistent, man, as a group. You know, we'll, we'll get a win and, you know, not handling business at home. And uh, so we got to know, thankfully, we got a home game this week, man. We can change that right now because, you know, we ain't winning a game at home yet this year. Been great on the road. But uh, we got to win at home, man. Got to defend home plate and uh, keep trying to execute. He is a three-time Pro Bowl selection and All-Pro, the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Philadelphia is at home against New Orleans on Sunday. That's a big one. Darius Slay, my guest, and that's how you close the show. Darius, appreciate you. Great to have you back, man. Thanks for doing that. Uh, appreciate you.
If you're like me, your weekend plans include kicking back and watching live sports. And it doesn't matter what sport you're watching. It's always fun to have a little bit of action. This is why I'm going to recommend downloading the WinBet app right away. Whether you're a recreational player or a serious handicapper, WinBet is your ticket to every exciting wager from straight bets to parlays, teasers, any exotic prop wager that you can dream up. And the app is so easy to use. Everybody knows Win also is one of the biggest and best brands in the gaming industry. So get off the sidelines, join in on the action, and do it now. This is why I'm recommending downloading the WinBet app right away. Download the WinBet app on Google Play or in the Apple App Store and put yourself in the game. Win with WinBet. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. You do have to be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. He is a wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. He was the 146th pick out of Maryland back in 2015. He is appearing courtesy of Snickers. And the Snickers Rookie Mistake of the Year program is definitely my favorite candy bar. We'll get there. We are joined by Mm -hmm. Stephon Diggs. Stephon, good to have you on the program. How are you? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me on, big guy. I appreciate it. Dude, so good to have you. It's great to hear your voice. You sound great. All right, so we will get get to that stuff that you're here to talk about. You have my word. I want to ask you about Sunday. Kind of a tough day. The Jags shocked the Bills 9-6. I'm kind of curious. Like, anything can happen on any given Sunday. I get that. How are you living, and how did you personally go about processing that loss? Yeah, I definitely had to take some time back just to, you know, uh, really evaluate the process, evaluate the week and how it went. Um, I try not to get too down on it because it is a, we do live in a league of um, any given Sunday as we watched across the league. It wasn't just us. A lot of teams got shocked. Uh, I feel like just in just in uh, farming your own land uh, way, we really had to look back at the process, especially just me. I always kind of, you know, look at myself and look at things I could have done better and things that I could do better um, just to help my team out and put them in the best position to win. So for me, uh, just kind of taking that step back and looking at it from another lens and just saying, okay, okay, maybe we should do this or maybe we should approach things this way. Um, just solely talking about myself. Um, and I just kind of continue to be that, uh, that positive energy and that positive force for my team as far as like, um, I feel like I consider myself uh, not only a captain, but really a guy that leads his team the best way he can. So I just got to uh, continue to try to push and continue to, you know, grind it each and every day and be uh, be the example. Stefan Diggs joining us. You know, that point that you just made about I, I have to remain a positive force in that locker room. And that's one of the things I'm here to do. I thought it was interesting. You took to Twitter and you said, quote, LOL, don't at me anything negative. All positivity here. So my question for you, as somebody on Twitter, I know how this goes. Did they do as they were told, or did they do what they do and thumb out whatever the hell they wanted? As we know, as we know, Twitter is a place of uh, as a place of freedom. So you know they kind of do whatever they want to. But it was more geared to. uh, I guess I don't really know what's going on with my last team. But I, actually, I, I keep getting a lot of like uh, tidbits of things that are, were going good or not going good over there. So I'm like, damn, just leave me out of it. I have nothing to do with it. And, you know, like people kind of, uh, I don't know, I get, people were trying to say that I was right or say, I was like, listen, I have nothing to do with that. It's just, you know, leave me out. I'm over here trying to worry about what we got going on over here. So it's like, yeah. My my point of emphasis was just leave me out of it. Like, I don't got no say so. I don't have no, I don't have anything to do with it. You know what I'm saying? So I just try to keep it all positive. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm big on positivity. So I try to keep everything positive and I wish them well. You know, that's really interesting you said that. I'm glad that you said that like that because, for instance, when you win as a team and you lose as a team, whatever it is, right, it's always as a team. And you had some exactly. numbers this past weekend. You had six passes that you caught for 85 yards, but you tweeted, quote, bleep, don't be having nothing to do with me and my name is still getting brought up. That's interesting. Like, that that had nothing to do <laughs> with your current team. You're talking about your former team and what people yeah. were dragging you into, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was just like, I was confused. I'm like, damn, like, well, how how am I even still being mentioned in the situation? I have I haven't been there in two years, and I'm just like, damn, like, I, you know, I'm always I'm always a positive guy, and I kind of let things roll on my back. But I'm like, damn, like, where is this even come from? They're not even talking about the loss. Like, I'm even more mad about the loss, and I'm hearing about some stuff that they got going. I'm like, damn. That's wild. Stefan Diggs joining us. You know, it's really interesting. Like, like, you're like, hey, man, I turned the page already. Y'all need to do <laughs> the same to. thing, right? I'm trying to. I'm trying to. You, I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. But, uh, no, I hope, I, hope, I hope for the best for him. I want to ask you one more thing. Like, you posted something on Instagram that I thought was really interesting. You wrote, I wish that keeping it real was contagious. 
Like, my question for you, yeah. like, why isn't it? Is it just a matter of either you are or you aren't? Like, you can't catch it? You can't share it? Either you are or you aren't? <laughs> I, I actually, it's, just, uh, it's lyrics from the song um, Young Thug had just dropped. It was Contagious, a song. So I don't, I, those aren't really my words, but it was definitely applicable to uh, to my photo. But as far as, like, people keeping it real, I, this is a, this is the world we live in. I, uh, I don't think the real world is any type of real. God, I just think it's just a world that we live in, and we got to take it for what it is. Oh, I like that too. So let me flip that <laughs> on its head really quickly, man. Like if if that's the way it is, is being fake contagious? Yeah, I guess. I guess actually, we live in a world that's you know, you you get by by being fake. I guess you know, what I'm saying being real, you actually might be a little bit faced under a little bit more scrutiny. So I just try to play the backside, stay out of the way of everything that takes place, and just kind of play the wall. <laughs> I like that, dude. Man, you just play the wall and just keep it positive. Stefan Diggs is joining yeah. us. Let me ask you, I love your team. I love your team, and yeah. I love the culture of this team. I love the defense too. Let me ask you this because I've talked to so many guys on the defensive side of the ball. You've got pros over there, especially in the secondary with the likes mm-hmm. of Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, Tredavious White. What's it like to go up against those guys in practice on the daily? And do you all make each other better? Is that a classic case of iron sharpening iron? Yeah, it's like um, it's kind of it's kind of built into what, what what what's going on here. I guess like just as far as like with our head coach, our head coach has us do one on ones on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And I, he probably would do Friday if he could. But uh, I think that just breeds a level of competition each and every day of you know what regardless of how you feel you need to go compete at a high level and only way that you can compete at a high level is going one-on-one matchups and and you can see uh jordan jordan poyer or micah Hyde. they'll even come out there and check me one a couple of times on one-on-ones just for the you know just for the uh just to get better and you can see that each and every day like we're, we're not a team of complacency we're not a team that you know we're never we're never satisfied so i feel like having those veteran guys Definitely puts us in a, at a at a good spot, uh, team wise, just as far as like approaching each and every day. And I kind of like I kind of like uh, make sure I try to be that same example, just more on the offensive side of the ball. And I damn sure don't take no shit practice. So it be, it's be between me and the DBs each and every day. We talk a lot of trash, but it's a it's a lot of love at the end of the day. And we always we always more on the motivating and trying to get better, like a humble approach. Stefan, you damn don't take no bleep anywhere. So I like talking to you, man. It's good to have you. So let me ask you, you know, some guys are like bright lights, big city. Buffalo's not necessarily that, but Buffalo is such a great town, though, dude, right? It's a great, like every yeah. bill that I've ever spoken to loves it. I'm really curious, from your standpoint, you've got a tremendous football town. You've got a crazy, rabid fan base. You put mm-hmm. up insane numbers last year. What's it like for you to live and work in that town and play for the Bills? It's awesome. It's, I mean, everybody's Bills fan. So it's more like a, I mean, I never had it in college, but I can imagine how college is like when it's a football town and it's all about football. So, uh, I mean, I love it. I feel like it's something that, you know, guys, guys kind of, kind of, uh, always will have like guys who played here previously who say the best fan base is, is Buffalo because it is, you know what I'm saying? They really love, they really love their players and they really give it everything they got good, bad, good or bad. You know what I'm saying? Win, lose or draw. Buffalo, Buffalo Bills fans are one loyal and two, they don't take no bleep either. So uh, I love them. <laughs> they don't. I'm going to ask you about Snickers. As soon as I ask you about Lil Bro, I just want to ask you this because Dallas yeah. is coming off a rough day. They lost to Denver, but your brother Trayvon is having an enormous season with the Cowboys. I think folks yeah. sleep on this. Like, I am personally blown away that not only are you both in the league, but that you both made it and are playing at such a high level. What's mm-hmm. it like for you to watch Lil Bro doing his thing in Dallas and making a name for himself? It's, I mean, I don't, I, I really wish a lot of more, well, more people could experience something like this. I don't really even think I've, I really feel it to its totality like my mom probably does. But for me, I just feel like, um, I feel more proud than anything. And I feel like in a, in a space of euphoria of just like God's, God's, God's amazing. Like things like this don't happen by chance. And just to see my brother playing at an extremely high level is something that you believe in. You believe in your siblings anyways. Like my if my brother told me he wanted to be an astronaut, I would have been behind him 100 percent The fact that he wants to do that, he wants to play the same sport that I wanted to play. He wanted to play at a high level and he wanted to have success and he worked for it. It's something that you kind of see a maturation process, not even not really happen overnight. It took time for him. And to see him having so much success, I always knew he had it in him. And it's like, yeah, like uh to yourself, you can say, like, I always knew you had it in you. But for me, I just I just always want to uh want to push it forward so to see him having success i just you can ask my teammates how only one day of the week i'll say how about them cowboys but other than that 
You know what I'm saying? His go, Bills, go. Well, I guarantee they understand that, too. they got to respect that. It's an amazing story. Yeah, All right, so you're, you are working with Snickers on the Snickers Rookie Mistake of the Year program. Take your time. Lay that out for me. What's the campaign? Well, How does that work? Snickers. I partner with Snickers to reward fans for sharing their rookie mistakes. You know, we all have rookie mistakes. Uh, it's actually on my IG and in, and also on Snickers IG. Uh, fans can submit their rookie mistakes at Snickers at rookie at Snickers rookie to win tickets to Super Bowl 56. So uh, you want to go to L.A., you want to have a good time. Make sure you submit those rookie mistakes because we all have had them. We all have them. Every last one of us. He is a Buffalo Bills wide receiver. They're five and three. They're at the Jets. And having another big year, great energy, and appearing courtesy of Snickers. Stefan, I appreciate you very much, man. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. That was Thanks, fun. Big. Thanks, big guy. I appreciate it. Talk you to too, you soon. man. Appreciate you. Well done. Stefan Diggs, Bills Mafia. How are you feeling about that? All right. So, from the very first moment I sat in my X chair, my body immediately went, ah, this is what a real office chair is supposed to feel like. I mean, like I never actually look forward to sitting in my office chair until I got my X chair. That's how amazing the X chair is. Can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? Yeah, my X chair can. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? My X chair can. It's all in the LMAX massage and temperature regulation exclusively designed and made for X chair. High performance. Quality engineering, extreme comfort. These are all the reasons I love my X chair, and now I can't wait to be at work. Sometimes, even if I'm not working, I just sit down and I kick it in my X chair, you know, to get that feeling. So take my advice. Try X chair for yourself, risk-free for 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair should be, you will never go back. Go to xchairrome.com right now. That's the letter X, chair, R-O-M-E.com. Or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR and get 100 bucks off your order. X-CHAIR has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. That's xchairrome.com, xchairrome.com. We're joined right now by the head coach of the L.A. Chargers. He was named head coach in January. Brandon Staley is my guest. Brandon, it's great to have you back. How are you? Jim, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate you doing it, Brandon. Thanks so much. So you beat a really good Cleveland team, 47-42, in an absolute classic, an instant classic. Every win is great, but how good did that one feel given the way your team showed up yesterday and delivered when it mattered most? Yeah, Jim, I think, I think you said it well because I think that's a really good team. I mean, they're a couple of plays away from being 4-0 going into that game. I mean, they played Kansas City really tough in Arrowhead uh, and then had three quality wins after that. And uh, they're really, really good. They're really a complete team, uh, all three phases. And I felt like that was the takeaway for me is that we beat a really good team. And it was one of those games that turned into a track meet. And I think that that's one thing that's special about the NFL is that all these games are a little bit different. And that game kind of expressed itself that it was going to be that way. Way, and I felt like our team hung tough and I felt like we, we won that game as a team you know in the second half and I thought we finished the game playing our best ball and uh, again just can't say enough about Cleveland because I think that they're a heck of a, a football team and uh, proud that we were able to finish that game out. You, you know what I agree with you I think you beat a really good football team Brandon Staley is joining us your quarterback Justin Herbert had another huge day 398 yards passing four touchdowns he rushed for one as well that was his 11th game of 300 passing yards in his first two seasons as you've said to win a game like that you have to have a special quarterback and he certainly is that how would you define what it is though that makes him kind of an outlier or makes him different and special well Jim I I think that he really brings out the best in in our team he's got this really cool calm composure uh, very composed player Uh, and then he's capable of beating you a lot of different ways Uh, he can make every throw uh, that's ever been invented, uh, and then he can get you out of trouble if the you know if it's chaos in the pocket. Uh, hey, if 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 a pressure isn't picked up correctly, um, he can move, he can extend, he can create uh, when there's not offense there to be had. And and I think that that's what makes him really unique. And he's really steady. Um, and I think that because of that, because of his way about him, and because of his gifts, it really brings out the best in his teammates. And I know that um, you know the a lot of people talk about his physical gifts, but he's got real toughness. Is a fierce competitor, and I felt all of that was on display yesterday.
yesterday. Brandon Staley is joining us, head coach of the Chargers. So the team, Brandon, was three for three on fourth down. Much has been made of that fact. That doesn't even include a fourth time where he picked up a first down on a defensive penalty. You have been absolutely fearless when it comes to going for it on fourth down this year, but not reckless. So what's your process for evaluating when to go for it and when to punt? Yeah, Jim, I think, you know, you can't say enough about the team that we have with our analytics team, uh, Aditya Krishnan, Alex Stearns, Dan Smash, who's an offensive assistant for us, and then our game day operation with our coordinators. I think our communication has been good, and I think these models that we go into the game with um, are specific to each week, to each opponent, where we're playing, what the game conditions are, who's on the other side of the football, all that good stuff. But I feel like our process has been good, and what that's allowed us to do is being able to make those decisions quickly, because I think the worst thing you can do, Jim, when it's loud and when you know you're in the heat of the moment is wait you know we've been very decisive I think and then that's given our offense a chance to really get in rhythm hey see the defense and then go play football where hey you know how it is you get you break the huddle late the shot clock's going down and then maybe you know you don't unpack the defense like you should so uh, I just feel really strongly about the way we're executing on offense Um, and I feel like we've got a lot of weapons that that really put us in an advantage situations in some of those fourth downs and then you know you certainly have the trigger man that you want to put the ball in his hands as many times as you can because you know that if you multiply his chances uh, with the football that, that you're you know that you're going to be successful so um, it's been it's been a strength of ours so far and look forward to you know keep it going man that's fascinating you mentioned the weapons Brandon I was going to ask you about that because obviously you have the models you have the process you had the analytics you've got the team in place that you want who assesses all of that but Herbert was asked about that fourth and two from your own 24 and he said quote I don't know how many coaches would have made that decision I know ours did though and he believed in us and I believe in him end of quote so when you and I talk about models and process and analytics I get that but how much of these decisions are a reflection simply of how much you believe in your players and how much they believe in you yeah I mean Jim the 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 intangible part that you're talking about is a, instilling that belief of being an intense competitor and a fearless competitor and that we're doing things that we feel like are going to help us win the game, not just compete in the game. And I want our guys to understand um, the mindset that we want to have going into these ball games is that we're not here to just participate and compete and play well. We're here to try and win these games uh, and we're going to do what we feel like gives us the best chance. And I know that, you know, I, I realize where we went for it, but in the terms of the flow of the game, you know, that that's something that's a Bruce and Linda Staley flow of the game. Hey, our defense isn't playing well. We need a we need a second to get our composure. I felt like if we make that fourth down, which I knew we could, that it would allow our defense to make some good adjustments, kind of get our breath a little bit and and then also, you know, get us into rhythm offensively. And and that's what happened on on both sides of it. Offense gaining rhythm, able to score points, defensively able to make a few more adjustments with which helped us in the second half of that game and uh and I felt like there was there was benefits both ways. So uh, just proud of our players. I mean, they, they laid it on the line yesterday, Jim. You know, they laid it on the line, and that's what you want as a coach. Hey, let me ask you this. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the good stuff. Well, let me tell you about a very simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without all that hassle you hate and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content does vary by package. Brandon, I get this. Like I, the, You kind of lay this out, and it makes so much sense logically, but I'm looking at fourth and two from your own 24 down a couple of TDs. Man, that is a big brass set that it takes to make that call, in my estimation. I think it's incredible, personally. Now, Austin Eckler said after the game, Brandon, that Rashawn Slater told the running backs to stop chipping because he was more comfortable taking on Miles Garrett and the Browns' pass rushers one-on-one, and he added Rashawn is a beast. I mean, we are talking about Miles Garrett here, right? We know they're coming for your quarterback. How well do you think the rookie has handled the transition to the NFL so far? Well, I love that he took ownership of his position and of his fundamentals and say, hey, guys, I can block this guy. And 
what you want to be able to do in, in, in the fire gym is have strong enough relationships with coaches and players, players to coach, et cetera, where you can make a decision like that. You know, and and I feel like that's a great sign for a lot of different reasons. Number one, the ability of, of Rashawn, okay, because this guy is a baller. But number two, that we have the relationships, right, where we can, you know, these players can feel like they can express themselves so that we can make the adjustments that we need to. You know, and that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that as a coach, is that communication and that trust in one another. And I think that's a good example of that. And Rashawn was fantastic in the game because that's a really good front. You got, you know, I know Clowney didn't play yesterday, but you got Tack McKinley, first-round pick, Malik McDowell, who's been a fantastic story coming back, Malik Jackson. I mean, they're loaded. They they go eight deep, and, and that's a really good defense that we play. They're very complete in all three levels. And um, I, like I said, it was an outstanding offensive performance, and that fourth quarter was something special. And you're one step ahead of me. I was going to ask you about relationships because you and I talked about that when we talked back in January. You talked about the importance of having these relationships. But now that you're a head coach, how have you gone about implementing that philosophy on a larger scale? For instance, how do you and your coaching staff approach the job of building those relationships? Yeah, well, I think I think number one is trying to be transparent and making sure that we have a lot of good one-to-one relationships within our position groups uh, and stuff like that between our coaching staff. Um, and then and I think on a larger scale within our units, making sure that we're in front of another, like one another a lot, Jim, like where I think the NFL can be very siloed where you get in these separate little groups, right? And what we try to do is we try to meet together a lot, offense, defense, then as a full team so that everybody understands what we're doing why we're doing it, you know, and, and create that transparency um, and so we can create that ownership. And I think that that, you know, to me is the best way. And uh, that way everyone's connected. And I'm hoping that that's been a benefit so far and hopefully we can continue to build on it. All right, so Brandon Staley joining me for a few more moments. I don't want to talk in absolutes, Brandon, but it used to be before you got there, if this team found itself in a tight game, things just generally would not go that well, frankly. You know, they would find a way to maybe lose that game. Now it seems like you've figured out a way to win these close games time and time again. How have you changed that mentality in such a short period of time? I think, I think a little bit of what I just said about bringing people together um, and, and getting a really connected football team that understands our, our way of playing and the specifics of the NFL because there's a lot of detail. It's not big picture philosophy as much as there's a lot of specifics that go into the NFL and what we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish, how we're trying to accomplish it. And I feel like we try to practice those situations all the time. We try to put our guys through a lot of positions in practice where they fail, where we can learn about a lot of things in practice so that when we get to the game, we feel like we've been through it and they're, they're in that comfort zone because they've been put through the paces. And, and then we've got good players, you know, and, and um, any, any coach would tell you that, you know, to execute like we've had, and you've got to have quality players, and that's what we have. And, and then those quality players are not only talented enough, but then they have the right character, and, and, and that's what I'm excited about. When I talk about laying it on the line, that's why we're playing well is because we're, we're laying it on the line out there. Like we're playing as hard as we can possibly play, and we're executing pretty well. I know that we can execute better. Trust me, we will as this season goes on. Um, but as a coach, when it gets tight, I know that our players believe – that good things are going to happen. And and that's because of what we do on a day-to-day basis. You know, and I'm going to also add to that, in my opinion, because they know that you believe in them and are saying, hey, man, you got this. We got this. Let's do it. Just go do what you do. So let me finally ask you, Brandon, three straight games against elite competition, including a couple of divisional rivals. Now you're going on the road to face another very good team in Baltimore. How do you go about recovering both physically and mentally for another huge game this Sunday, especially coming off a short week? Yeah, I mean, last week was was short, Jim, coming off the Monday night Sunday afternoon deal, and and I think you you, you that's a, such an awesome point that you make. It's an important one that people need to know about. Is we we got to get these guys' bodies back. It's going to be an East Coast trip, and you know, recovery is such a big part of the game in the National Football League. And we're going to make sure that from a sports performance standpoint, that we get the right recovery. Where hey, these guys aren't. It's not a grind fest on the practice field. That we're making sure that we get the the tactical work uh, mentally but physically that we get these guys' bodies back for game day because these guys, what they go through is, 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 is more challenging than anyone could possibly imagine until you're around them on a day-to-day basis. So we got to get that recovery started today, flush them out this morning, which our guys are already lifting, and um, you know, recovering and, and make sure we have a, a tactical week of practice so that these guys um, 
can feel their best on Sunday because this Baltimore team we're playing is, is really, really good, as you know. So one last thought. I mean, you sound amazing to me today, and I understand that maybe you don't pay the physical price that these guys do, but what does the head coach do to rest and recover and sound like this this early the day after? I think just being around my family. You know, I have some family in town from, from Cleveland, where I'm from, and just making sure that I keep the main thing the main thing, that whatever is going on in my mind about the game, adjustments, what I could do better, all the strategic things that you need to work on, like, you know, you gotta, you, you gotta be present, you know? And, and, um, I feel like for me, it's just to be around my family and love my boys and my wife. And, you know, and I think that, uh, when you can truly be present with your family and, and, and know what, uh, you know, what a great thing you have in this life that, uh, it allows you that then to get back to work with a, with a fresh, with a fresh lens. And, um, and, and you got a lot of energy towards, you know, I mean, working really hard because this morning there's a lot that we need to correct, you know. So, but I, I feel like when you're with your family, um, that gives you all the win that you need. And I'm fortunate that uh, my family uh, is is amazing. People might not like hearing it, but you got to be where your feet are, and clearly it's paying off. You are four and one. You're in first place, Brandon. I appreciate you very much. Congrats on an amazing win, and I really appreciate you coming back on the show, especially after a day like that. So good to talk to you. Thanks so much for that, Jim. Thanks for having us. Look forward to doing it again soon. My man, Brandon Staley. It was the second round of the shingles vaccination. That was interesting. I've already gotten my COVID vaccinations, both of them. But I had only done the first round of the shingles vaccination. Like that was, there was this whole thing. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I badly want to get to Colin Morikawa. But one day Janet said to me, you know, there's some people getting shingles. People we know, friends. I'm like, wait, what? Like, we're so concerned about COVID, COVID, COVID. And Janet said, yeah, yeah, so-and-so got it. And so-and-so got it. And so-and-so has it in her eye. And it's not a good thing. I'm like, damn, that's not a good thing. So I go to the drugstore, and I let them hammer that spike into me. And you, you know it when you get that spike, all right? Like, the COVID vaccination, the first time I got that, I didn't feel it. And they're like, see you later. Here's your card. I'm like, wait, you did it? And the woman said, yes, I did it. Keep moving, sir. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm going to go get back in line and get it again just to make sure. No, sir, that's not how that works. You're good. Trust me. The needle went in. And Janet said, didn't you look? I'm like, no, I was just kind of looking around the room to see who was there. So it didn't feel a thing. The shingles vaccination is worse. Like that thing goes in and you feel it. And it's like, imagine it, it's like a flu shot. Like you feel the flu shot, like you feel the needle and then you feel the substance of the needle going in it, you feel the, you feel the medicine, right? So anyway, they give you like, I don't know, two weeks to six months. And I've been stringing this thing out. Like I, I got, I put it off till like the very last week before, if you don't get the second one done, you've got to start over and do them both again. So I go in there yesterday and the pharmacist is like, she's all, she all right. She all right. Not real happy to see me. And she's like, do you have an appointment, sir? I'm like, I certainly do, ma'am. She sits me down at her little table, hammers that spike into me, bam, blood everywhere. And she's startled like, oh, that's never happened. I'm like, hmm, did you get it all in? I actually said that to her. And she's like, yeah, 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 I got it in. It's in. She's like, that's very unusual. And then she literally went to the, it generally only happens and almost never, but only happens with our more muscular clients. I'm like, oh, no, you did not. You did not just say that. What's next? Uh, sorry about all that blood. You're pretty handsome. What are you doing tonight? Come on, man. So I got that spike yesterday, so I'm good. I think I'm good. Got a little dead arm for a couple hours, but it's all good. There's your update. 1-800-636-8686. You like the way I've been dropping these medical updates on you? Like on Friday when I admitted that I missed a couple of days of work because I had double hernia surgery? Like that kind of came out of nowhere, right? Double hernia. I don't know what was more frustrating to me. Me getting the ultrasound, which I'd never had before. Or that gal hammering the spike into me yesterday, me bleeding all over the floor. 
or or the one who did the ultrasound saying, yeah, I don't see anything. Really? Really? Because I think I'm pregnant. What do you mean you don't see anything? And that, nope. Nope, nope, nope. Don't see any evidence of a hernia. Really? I think I got twins. I, th- I think literally I have twins. You can't see anything. You can't see anything without wand? Because my wife saw the twins from across the room. What do you mean you can't see anything? What, TMI? You wanted to know, clones. Y'all just kept, you, you left me no choice. Like, normally I ignore everything. But after the 5,000th bo- botched Botox tweet, I had to come clean and say exactly what happened. It was not botched Botox. It was a, let me think, how they put this? A bilateral inguinal surgery. Short for, hey, yo, yo, pops, you got a couple hernias. We got to go in there and fix that. Sincerely, hashtag mesh. Anyway, now you know. 1-800-636-8686. That number is toll free. Hit me up. Why don't we check some reaction right quick? Hey, Jim. Devin Booker passed on that reporter's stupid question regarding CP3's feelings a lot more aggressively than Rafa did that loser winner gal. What, you mean this? Hi. Um, Hi. Um, Nadal, congratulations on your win. And I would like to know how do you feel after the game and if you're ready to give it another try. I lost, by the way. Yeah, I know. But it's, and, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a win anyway. Mm. Mm. No. Mm. No. Mm. What an amazing moment that is. It's a win anyway? How? Mm. You imagine if a reporter had said to Devin Booker, Hi. Hi. After the ball was ripped from him. Hi. Hi. How do you feel about your big win? Jason Texas sent that war Giannis throwing the Larry O across Lake Michigan on war the nut puncher. At SA Sports Hawk tweets, Rome, if I were Giannis, my hotel alias would be a Dadonis. Look at, look at, he looks like a Dadonis. He looks like, he looks beautiful. He looks in shape. That is so good. He signed it, Oscar de la Hoya. He looks like a Dadonis. Giannis should do that. Excuse me, sir, your name? A Dadonis. Dadonis. He looks like a Dadonis. He looks like a Dadonis. Amazing. Back in the day, Oscar would come on the program, man, and he was just so smooth. He is so smooth when he came on the show. I mean, so smooth. And so smooth in the ring. There's nothing very smooth about he looks like a Dadonis. He looks like a Dadonis. Jimmers. Taking three finals losses in a row feels like taking repeated nut shots. Signed, The Nut Puncher, Cliff's evil brother. Like, man, it's amazing how that pendulum swings back, right? The narrative. They're up 2 nothing, and everybody's talking about, man, this is so great. Suddenly, everybody forgot that he was the nut puncher. Suddenly, he's Magic Johnson... Bob Cousy, like, like every point guard, John Stockton, every point guard, Allen Iverson, like all the greatest guards ever rolled into one. And now they're down three games to two and he's back to being the nut puncher. Like, what is it? The the most deserving, unlucky player ever or the nut puncher? Ryan in Sacktown. It generally only happens to our muscular clients, too. Regards, roid rage. You know me. I'm just, just own it. Like, it's fine. And I said that to her. When she hit me with that and it started to bleed out, she's like, are you all right? Are you all right? I'm like, yes. Yes, it's nothing. It's fine. It's fine. It's cool. It's good. And I try to lighten the load. I try to make a few jokes. Like, yeah, it's fine. That's why I said, like, did you get it in there? Because I'm spurting blood. But what you don't want to do is say, you know, it only happens to our muscular clients. 
I mean, what I really should have hit her with was, you know, I was here thinking I was getting a shingles vaccination. I didn't know that I was here to donate blood. Do I get a shirt and a cookie? Oh, she had, I mean, of course she was embarrassed. Especially with that attitude prior. Anyway, all's well that ends well. I did not bleed out. I didn't hit, I didn't hit the ground. She put me on the ground. I should have, man. I should have been rolling around convulsing. Uh, <laughs> you know that whole thing, like, my, my generally my response is that the side effects are bad because that's the other thing. Then, then you have these side effects potentially, and they say the second time you get it, it's worse than the first time. The first time I didn't really have any side effects except for a dead arm for about two or three hours. But then you start wondering, are the side effects? And my point is, getting the thing is not nearly as bad as getting the side effects. I would much rather deal with the side effects for a day or two than the thing. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I don't want shingles of the eye or shingles of the ass or shingles of any kind of shingles at all. The only shingles I want are on the roof of my house. However, if I'd been rolling around on the ground... See, now, now this super awkward thing is going to be when I've got to go back into that pharmacy because that's where we do all our business. And I love these people. Like, they're all great. I always have a good experience. Like Nectar. Remember when I went in on them because that intern hung me out to dry for like 20 minutes when I wanted to buy something that was already made? They finally found me on Instagram. They're like, Dear Jim Rome, we understand you like our product. We are very, very sorry that you had such a poor experience. Please come back in and let us make it right. I'm like, that's how you handle that. That's good. That's good because I do like your product, and I do like the proximity. I just didn't like that bad attitude, zit-faced 14-year-old you had working there that just was ignoring me like, hey, hey, old man, I'll get to you. I'll get to you when I get to you, old man. Why don't you, why don't you just walk a few doors over and get yourself a shingle shot and then come back, old man, and then maybe I will get to you. <laughs> Oh, you like that, Alvy? Did I get a laugh out of that? Good night, 